Tax season is upon us, which means that it's prime time for phone scams, financial fraud, and identity theft. According to the Justice Department's Bureau of Justice Statistics, in 2013, identity theft cost its victims $24.7 billion. It's the number one consumer fraud in the United States, and the situation is only getting worse. On today's Please Explain, Steve Wiseman, professor, attorney, and author of several books on fraud, including Identity Theft Alert from Pearson, tells us about the most common scams to watch out for and how to protect yourself against identity theft. And he is joined by Beth Finkel, the New York State Director for AARP, who offers ways to help seniors avoid targeted scams. I'm very pleased to welcome Steve Wiseman and Beth Finkel to our show today. Hello. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you. And uh, to our listeners, if you'd like to join in today's Please Explain discussion, you can give us a call at 212-433-9692, write to us on our show page at wnyc.org slash Lopate, or on Facebook or Twitter, where our handle is at Leonard Lopate. Steve, does identity theft only involve access to your credit cards or are other personal accounts vulnerable? Yeah, I wish I could say it's only your uh, credit cards, but it can be uh, accessing not just uh, your your credit cards, but it can be accessing your bank accounts. It also can affect your credit reports such that it can affect your ability to uh, to get a job, to get insurance. Someone can steal your identity and commit crimes in your name, whereby you can be picked up and arrested and spend some days in jail trying to show who you really are. And perhaps the most life-threatening form of uh, identity theft is medical identity theft when someone is able to access your medical insurance and their medical records get mixed in with your medical records whereby you could actually get a uh, the wrong type of a blood transfusion which could be uh, life-threatening and then of course uh, never anything fine in fine print even if you find out that you're a victim of medical identity theft it's almost impossible to get the identity thieves medical information off of your medical forms uh, because of the HIPAA privacy laws. So it can be pretty rough out there. And you're right that there are dangers in places you wouldn't have considered, including televisions and copy machines. How do they put you at risk for identity theft? Yeah, it's a matter of this, this wonderful Internet of Things, and it's wonderful on the on the one hand that so many devices that we use are connected to the uh, the Internet, and it makes it easy for us to, uh, well, change the thermostat and the heat on our home from a distance. Um, our kids can be playing with uh, interactive toys like the new Barbie. But the problem is that when so many of these items were built with Internet-capable uh, devices in in them, uh, the security wasn't built in as well. And so we've seen how cars could be hacked, how people can have their computers hacked because of a attached smart refrigerator. So the, the threats come from just about everywhere. Beth, is everyone vulnerable or are seniors generally the main targets of identity thieves? Well, seniors are definitely the target. I mean, it's back to the Willie Sutton. You go where the money is, right? Seniors have saved their whole lives. And uh, so they're a, uh, a likely prey. And also, you know, I can give you the statistics on it. Uh, in 20, um, 2014, older adults were bilked out of $3 billion. And that's pretty much every year. It's around $3 billion. And in 2014, ARP New York reports uh, that uh, identity theft or credit card fraud has impacted roughly one quarter of voters over 50 mm-hmm. in New York City. Yeah. That's a, a 
one quarter of all the voters. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, though. But, you know, think about it. Older people, they're retired. They're more likely to be home. They have time on their hands. Someone calls them on the phone uh, and gives them a, a, a rap. You know, you, they're they're happy to sit and listen. And, and older adults tend to be very polite. You know, they, and they're more they don't hang up. <laughs> more likely to have landlines. They uh, are more likely to have landlines. Is most of this landlines. done over landlines? Yes, for the phone call ones. But, you know, there are other ways, too. I mean, uh, when you look at how many people, it's amazing to me how many people fail to even lock their mailboxes or fail to actually pick up their mail on a regular basis. Uh, or they, there's so many other ways people could leave their valuables exposed actually in a car. They don't even think about it. Someone can grab their identity from their car. Uh, and I think the, the biggest one is failing to destroy personal information, shredding. You know, how few people actually do shred and how important it is to do that. And Steve, you also write that dumpster diving is a common method of stealing personal information. So are we all going to have to buy shredders? Yes. Yes, we should, actually. You know, um, she's so correct. Uh, identity theft is high-tech, low-tech, and no-tech. And so just throwing out trash uh, isn't, uh, isn't good enough because people will go through the trash. They will go through your mail and get this uh, information that they can turn into uh, their gold. And as a matter of fact, even there are some people that even will take shredded material if it is just a, sing- if it is just a vertical shred and not a cross-shred and put things together. But there's an interesting thing going back to what you were talking about with uh, seniors. The University of Iowa did a study and found that there is a part of our brain that as we age becomes less efficient, and this part of the brain deals with skepticism. And so we, as we age, become a little less skeptical, and so we may fall for some of these outrageous schemes, although quite candidly, scam artists are the only criminals we call our artists, and uh, they have a knowledge of psychology that Freud would have been envious of. And uh, the person who says, I can't be scammed, uh, is going to be scammed. Do they tend to be associated uh, with organized crime? Everybody. You'll have organized crime uh, in uh, the United States. You'll have organized crime elements in uh, Russia, in China. Brazil has recently become a hotbed for uh, scams like this. Uh, The Jamaican lottery, which comes from Jamaican street gangs and has been preying a great deal on uh, senior citizens here in the United States, telling them that they've won uh, this lottery. They just have to pay some administrative costs and taxes. And people have have, uh, have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars giving that to these scammers. So it's organized crime, it's disorganized crime, it's it's everywhere because it's just frankly so easy to do. Are there sucker lists? Oh yeah. We actually did a reverse boiler room with the AGs across the Northeast region this past year just to let people know they were on lists that they might be called and they better be ready because people are calling and pretending that they're part of the IRS Mm. and that you owe money and give them your credit card number right now and they'll wipe out the money that you owe. And they're very convincing. How do I get myself on a sucker list? I don't mean that I want to be, but I mean, how does one (laughs) find oneself on one? 
Well, you can get, actually, what happens is uh, there are, uh, it's called the dark web, and there are black markets uh, on uh, the Internet that criminals go to, and uh, when criminals have scammed people, they will actually uh, put lists up there of the people they have scammed, uh, the sucker list, and they are both people who have been deemed to be susceptible to a scam, but also a particular scam of you can get a call. I'm from this particular federal agency, and uh, we realize that you've been scammed. We can help you get your money back. We just need some uh, advance fees from you in order to help you. So uh, the, the sucker lists are, are very real. Uh, the crime and the criminals today are taking advantage of all of the, the technology. And if you've been victimized once, uh, you're going to be targeted again. Your March 3rd post on your Scamicide blog is about income tax identity theft. How are thieves stealing private W-2s? Well, this is uh, very interesting because what they're doing uh, in large numbers, when someone does typical identity uh, theft for income taxes, what they'll do is they'll steal someone's social and then forge a W-2 and send it in. But what uh, a lot of criminals now are doing is they're using what they call spear phishing. And these are specifically targeted phishing emails. Uh, and they come to payroll management companies. Uh, they come to uh, HR and accounting departments, often uh, posing as the CEO of the company or someone else in upper management. And they request the legitimate copies of the employee W-2. W-2s. And uh, this has been a, a scam that, according to the FBI, has been very successful for the scammers. They provide these W-2s with all of that personal information to income tax identity thieves who then can use that to file an income tax return and get their own refund. So we don't even know that uh, our information has been fished, but how can you tell if you have been a victim of phishing? You know, unfortunately, uh, when you find out when it's used to get personal information for income tax identity theft, uh, is you go to file your income tax return and you're told that your income tax return has already been filed, and then things get go from bad to worse. It can take the IRS up to a year to investigate this and get you back your money. But in other types of identity theft where the information uh, has been gathered through uh, phishing, sometimes it's an email, there's been a problem with the security uh, with your account with the bank or your brokerage house. You suddenly go to your account or your, broker your brokerage account or bank account and find that somebody has uh, taken your money. Now, Beth, according to the AARP website, in 2014, phone imposter scams victimized more than 10,000 New Yorkers. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed an increase in the number of phone scams targeting seniors in particular? Absolutely. You know, there's one of them that's called the grandparent scam, and that one is where you get a call, usually in the wee small hours of the morning, saying, you know, Grandma or Grandpa, help me, and they'll say, who is this? Oh, this is your favorite grandson. You know, so, and then they, they have a way of, inveigling themselves in the conversation to find out well what your grandchild's name was etc and asking for money because they're in a jam oh please don't tell mom and dad can you just get me this money right away they've been arrested in some foreign country uh, yeah, their exactly. wallet has been stolen that's right so um you know we, we tell people don't fill in the blanks uh don't bite even though it seems like they have the correct identification what about the irs phone scam Yes, well, the IRS phone scam is another story. They tell people that they're absolutely going to be coming to your door. They're going to send the police to arrest you. Uh, 
this is absolutely you know terrible trickery because the IRS would never do these things. They never call and ask for immediate payment about taxes that are owed. They always send written notification. Uh, they will never ask for your credit card or your debit card number over the phone. And finally, the IRS will never threaten to bring the police to your front door. But they pay, they prey upon people's fears. But Steve, is, you write that the IRS itself is a ripe target for identity thieves. Oh, yes. Um, the IRS has been uh, hacked a number of different programs of theirs. But I want to get back to, uh, just for a moment before I respond to that to what Beth was saying and, and uh, agree. The IRS does not ever contact you directly by phone to initiate uh, contact. It will only be by snail mail. However, what has happened at the end of last year, Congress passed a new law over the wishes of the IRS, whereby third-party collection agencies are going to be tr collecting now on behalf of the IRS starting in April. So there will be people actually getting calls that are legitimate trying to collect taxes, which is going to make the illegitimate scammers even uh, their job even easier. But as far as the IRS, the IRS has been uh, hacked a number of times. Most recently, they upped the numbers to 700,000 people in their Get Transcript program. And this is a program where someone could get a copy of their past tax returns. And they use this uh, in order to, uh, they use this in order to get uh, a mortgage application, in order to get financial aid, uh, all kinds of uh, reasons. But the, it was the authentication process that made them vulnerable. And the IRS authentication process was not particularly good. And a lot of people became victims identity theft because the IRS is not protecting data. What's Form 8821? How does it protect you from income tax identity theft? Well, it, there, there are forms that you can use uh, in order to get your, your own personal ID uh, when you file for uh, a uh, when you file your tax return. And generally, this is with uh, people who've already become victims uh, of income tax identity theft. Problem with that is that the uh, IRS's uh, program with these uh, IDs has also been hacked. And again, it's been hacked because of their failures with the authentication. What they do is, and in theory, it sounds good. You have to prove it's you in order to get information from the IRS or access to uh, your account. And you do that with your name your social security number, and some personal information. But the personal information that the IRS is using, and they use this in the Get Transcript program as well, are things that people, identity thieves, can get through social media and through data banks online. So instead of using dual-factor authentication, such as sending a code uh, to your smartphone uh, to enable you to access your account, their authentication their pro protocol is based on uh, information that any scammer can get. We're talking about uh, financial scams and identity theft on today's Please Explain with Steve Wiseman, who's the author of, among other books, Identity Theft Alert, 10 Rules You Must Follow to Protect Yourself from America's Number One Crime. It is published by Pearson and Beth Finkel, the New York State Director for AARP. We will be taking your calls at 212-433-9692. After we come back from our break, you can also write to us on our show page at wnyc.org slash Lopate or on Facebook or Twitter where our handle is at Leonard Lopate.
And we are back with Beth Finkel of the AARP. She's the New York State Director for the AARP. And uh, also Steve Wiseman, author of Identity Theft Alert, 10 Rules You Must Follow to Protect Yourself from America's Number One Crime. We're inviting your calls at 212-433-9692. You can write to us on our show page at WNYC.org or on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle is at Leonard Lopate. And Bernie from Manhattan, you're on the air. Uh, yes, uh, I was uh, scammed for my uh, taxes last year, and I didn't have had a uh, file and I got that PIN number. Uh, why does the government just issue everybody a PIN number uh, to begin with? And that would cut down. It wouldn't stop it. It could cut down a lot of that. Um, in fact, when you do this for businesses now in New York State, you get a PIN number and you have to file that way. Uh, wouldn't, the, wouldn't that just cut, start cutting down on the um, fraud? I agree it would. And in fact, uh, I think what you're talking about is it's slow to get the government to do uh, absolutely anything. And so uh, the PIN, uh, they've reserved it for people who have become victims. Uh, they also have had tests in a few states where anyone who asked for one could get one. But uh, I agree with you. I think uh, that uh, everyone should have it. Although, quite frankly, the sole thing that the uh, IRS should be doing and Congress should be doing to reduce income tax identity theft, uh, they haven't done, and it's a very simple solution. Income tax identity theft is based upon the income tax identity thief filing a uh, phony W-2 with your Social Security number before you file. When employers are required to file their uh, W-2s, they're required to file them with the federal government in either February or March, depending on whether they file them in paper or electronically. But they don't file them with the IRS. They file them with Social Security, who gets them in March or April, uh, or February or March. They, in turn, send them over to the IRS in July. The IRS matches them up uh, in July or August and finds out that they've already sent out refunds to income tax identity thieves. The General Accountability Office has been asking Congress for years to change the rules so that W-2s would be sent to the IRS in a timely fashion that the IRS could compare them with those sent in by taxpayers and not send out refunds to income tax and identity why thieves. Do you think, why do you think Congress has resisted? Is there a lobby that is pushing for Congress to not enact a bill like that? No, I mean, you could go back to Mark Twain and say, uh, be a bit cynical and say the opposite of progress is Congress. But frankly, I, I cannot find any reason or any lobby uh, that would seem to support the, the status quo in here. And it, it just it, it boggles my mind. It, it makes no sense. The uh, IRS commissioner was uh, cheering the fact that next year a, a law was passed whereby the W-2s would have to be filed by employees at the end of January. However, However, it's still end of January to Social Security so that uh, when the IRS gets these, it'll still be after the time that they have sent out uh, the lion's share of their refund. So uh, it boggles my mind, and I have no, no explanation. You know, one of the other areas that I think we are also are very uh, vulnerable to is the tech support scams. 
uh, ARP fraud network, uh, fraud watch network has been noticing this for a long time. So someone will call and say they're with Microsoft. They're not. They're going to say that there's a bug in your computer and they can fix it. And all you have to do is give them your credit card number over the phone. We did a press conference about this uh, in Boston a few months ago. And literally, I got on the plane. I came home. I walked to my front door. The phone rang. It was someone pretending to be from Microsoft <laughs> telling me that they were going to fix a bug on my computer. So and it just could be Microsoft and Apple card. or one of the, the it, it doesn't really matter uh, you know but the bottom line is we're all vulnerable and unless we're alerted and educated about these things it's hard to hang up that phone and people need to hang up the phone but according to the FBI older Americans are less likely to report a fraud because they don't know who to report it to or are too ashamed at having been scammed exactly. or don't know that they have been scammed exactly I mean you know it's kind of like you know when you get a little bit older it's like well that couldn't happen to me I've been around the block you know? so, I wasn't born yesterday so if, so if Microsoft calls me and I know it's not really Microsoft. Do I just simply hang up on them, or do I yes, say, "Give me a phone"? Up on them I don't say, "Give me a phone you. number." I'm going to forward this to the FBI. You could try that, but it's not going to work because even if you hit star six nine and dial them back, you're going to end up with nothing because you know it's blocked numbers. Mm -hmm. So it's really not going to be very helpful. The best way is to, as Steve was saying, get a little more skeptical and be prepared to be a little rude and hang up the phone. Sean from Manhasset. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, uh, this is a great show, great topic. Unfortunately, I am uh, a perennial victim. Uh, I don't know why. I guess I'm on some dummy list somewhere. But yet last year alone, I just got that phone call from the, you know, criminal charges from the IRS. And also, uh, I got the uh, the tax fraud where, uh, you know, by the time I filed my taxes, I realized that somebody had already filed a 1040 EZ or something and uh, had... Uh, and the IRS check them. I guess my question is, in that latter instance, I, you know, I haven't filed a 1040 for 20 years, and it was, and this check was sent to a different address. So before you get the pins and the like, why wouldn't somebody at the IRS just know? Okay, wait a minute. We, we, this is unusual. This is not typical for this particular filing. They are requesting a 1040 for uh, a bunch of different income, and they're sent to a different address. I mean, it should be the hallmarks of just fraud. Right, and I just don't understand why even that basic uh, those 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 facts just doesn't uh, trigger some alarms in somebody's head. Oh, one of my guests wants to answer that, Steve. Sure, uh, that that actually is getting better, not good, but getting better with the IRS. A few years ago, uh, the income tax identity thieves would actually send hundreds of thousands of dollars to the same address, which weren't the addresses uh, that were used uh, in previous uh, uh, income tax returns. And so they do have screening software that is supposed to pick up on that. Uh, they still don't have enough, uh, but they are making an attempt to try and see if there's a change uh, in a bank account where something is being sent uh, electronically or the address is different uh, to pick up on that. So they're, they're making an attempt. Uh, it's just kind of slow in doing it in a better fashion. John from Bergen County has written in to ask why institutions like doctor's offices ask for our Social Security numbers. <laughs> Are we obligated to give out that information? No. 
You're not, and it's a great question. Um, when your physician asks for your Social Security number, they don't have a medical reason for it. Uh, they're doing it, frankly, to make it easier to collect a debt from you with credit collection uh, agencies should you not uh, pay your bill. But that's one reason why as much as you can keep your Social Security number private, because that is the key to identity theft, the better you are, you're only as safe as the weakest places that have it. And frankly, hospitals and uh, medical institutions have been the biggest targets for massive data breaches and identity theft. So yeah, you want to keep that uh, private as much as you can. But what about shopping online? Oh, I was Beth, just going to one more point. You know, in New York State, you can freeze your credit report. Uh, you can call. You you can go online to a New York State government and you can see how to do that. You freeze your credit uh, credit line and that way nobody can get any information and then that that is a way to protect yourself how do you protect your credit and debit card information when you shop online with even with a reputable company like target or home depot which have been hacked See? You know, the uh, the idea is, first of all, the debit card, you don't have the same kind of consumer protection with a debit card that you do with a credit card. And you say there's you an ATM scam. Oh, there are so many of them. But with your debit card, if you don't pick up on the fact that you've been victimized right away, if you miss a couple of months of your, your bank statements, uh, you don't get that money back. You can lose potentially your entire bank account. With a credit card, you're only going to be liable for $50 worth of fraudulent charges. So use that credit card when you're shopping online you also want to look up on the, uh, the on the address and see for an HTTP you want to see s that s shows that it's secure socket locator it means that your data is encrypted you also don't want to leave your credit card on file with companies you may do a lot of business with Amazon but don't leave your credit card on file with them because if they get hacked your credit card is gone so uh, you want to Make sure that it's, the data is being encrypted. You're not using public Wi-Fi for uh, shopping online, and use a credit card, not a debit card. Now, uh, uh, we have a call from somebody who knows about this business from the inside out. Brendan from New Jersey. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, how are you doing? Hi, Brendan. Hey, I listen to you guys all the time. Um, I'm in recovery, actually, and I used to work for a couple different of these companies um, from security systems, uh, timeshares, commodities. When one gets shut down, the same people open up another one a couple blocks away. And what were you, what were you doing? What kind, were you making calls? Yeah, absolutely. What they do, actually, 90% of the people who work for these companies are drug addicts. They have the huge uh, rehab business down in Florida. So you have all these people who are experts in manipulation. You come down there, a lot of them have, you know, come from nothing, and all of a sudden you start working for a company where they tell you you can make $5,000 a week. Hmm. So did you do that? Yeah, for a while until... Did you feel guilty? Uh, it's, it, the, uh, the contradictions are... It's funny because you're involved with the uh, recovery community where they teach you humility and selflessness and helping people, but then you go to work at your job and you're doing very much the opposite. Thank you for calling us. Uh, uh, I suspect uh, there, uh, 
if we were in Florida, we would be getting a lot of calls like that, or from some other parts of the world. Every so often, uh, I'll get a call, and uh, well, first there's often the uh, you answer the phone, there's no response, and then or there's a delayed and robotic response, and I usually assume that means that um, it's a phone scammer. It, that's so interesting because, you know, it's the phone scam, but it's also the online scam, right? So you have to be vigilant when you're using public Wi-Fi. You know, people can grab your information if you're on a, a Wi-Fi network that um, is really unknown. And if you're in a restaurant, or it's a good idea just to ask the waiter or the server, is this the correct Wi-Fi? Because you could sign on to the wrong one and you could lose a lot of information. Now, are children also susceptible, Steve? Yeah, this is a, a real problem. You have to make it now. quick of child identity theft because when their social security number is grabbed, uh, they're not going to become aware until often years later when they're going to college, for instance, for uh, uh, looking for financial aid. So this is a, a big, big problem of protecting the social security number of children. We, uh, I understand that the AARP will be holding uh, several Shred Fest events this spring? Yeah, across uh, actually across New York State, but also across the country. Forty states will be doing it. We're working with our attorney general, and we will uh, have uh, shred trucks set up across the state right after uh, tax day, and we invite people to come out the week of April 26th. You can go on our website at aarp.org uh, backslash ny and get the schedule of events. Does being on the no-call list work? Does it actually even exist? It does. It's, it's actually good, and where it helps, and I think Beth would probably agree, is that if you get a call uh, and you're on the do not call list, then you know this is someone that has no respect for the law, because the only ones that can call you really are charities or politicians. So if, if someone calling to lower your credit card uh, rate or some other kind of business opportunity, you, you already know that they have no respect for the law, and just like Beth said, you hang up. And the one other thing I'd like to suggest is people go on the aarp.org backslash fraudwatch network because they'll send you alerts. They'll even send you alerts of what's happening in your location. Beth Finkel is the New York State Director for AARP. Steve Wiseman's book, Identity Theft Alert, is from Pearson. Thank you both so much for being on today's Please Explain. My pleasure. Thank you so much.